Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So what we found out about Todd Bowles, or finding out, especially at the owners' meetings in Phoenix, is that he can juggle. <laughs> he can really, he can walk a tightrope, spin plates, uh, you know, hold a lot of balls in the air and, and, and keep moving, man. Because if he was asked about what's it going to be life going to be like without Tom Brady once, it was five, maybe six, maybe seven times the different waiver reporters all day out there in Scottsdale. And I'm telling you, he, he almost has you convinced that life is going to be just fine for the Bucks without Tom Brady. So the balancing act, Steve, is you can't trample on the legend, right? I mean, the legend is the legend. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the greatest of all time. But you also can't act as if Elvis left the room. <laughs> it's kind of like, hey, man, you guys uh, don't really have a mm, quarterback, so like expectations going to be different, right? And you don't want to lower expectations because to do that would say what? We're not going to win in the division or mm-hmm. we're trying to win six games? Like what? You only won eight with him last year, but granted, three straight playoff appearances. It's a weird place to be if you're Todd Bowles because on the one hand, you knew you were going to take a step back in terms of salary cap and losing players instead of adding players, et cetera, et cetera. But you got to go – you got to send the message to your team and your fans that like – we think we're going to be pretty good. Like, it's not a one-man team. And that's what – if I had to boil it down, what he was trying to say out there in Arizona at the NFL owners' meetings was Tom Brady is not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, much like the players. And we talk about this all the time. Ryan Jensen gets hurt, it's next man up. Sure. You know, Vita Vea gets hurt, next man up. Antoine Winfield gets hurt, next – well, Tom Brady's not there. Next man up. And that's the I way. Know. It's the quarterback, though, well, man. No, it, <laughs> He's not the next man. I mean, Jensen hurt him, but, he, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't, he didn't kill him. But there's nothing Todd Bowles can do no. to bring Tom Brady back. That's true. So That's true. Harping on it, going back to it, there's nothing he can do about it. Unless right. Tom Brady decides he wants to come back, then there's a chance. But at this point... And Brady's busy throwing the football on the beach with his buddies. Saw that. Looked like a scene out of Top Gun. What the hell's going on down there? Are they remaking that thing? <laughs> you know what I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about. I know the exactly which scene? one you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. But, but for Todd Bowles, it, it, look, the questions were all about how are you moving on from Tom Brady. The, Todd Bowles has already moved on from Tom Brady. Would he love to have him back? Absolutely. If Brady came to them tomorrow and said. Hey, guys, I want to play again. I want to play for the Buccaneers. Are they signing him? Absolutely. But you can't – you're not banking on that. You're not counting on that. He's got to move on, period. And while the questions and the reporters are going to keep harping back to Tom Brady and the fans too, as a coach, you have to worry about the, the 53 guys or the 90 guys on your roster right now. You can't worry about somebody who's retired. 
Yeah, no, he's not going to help you win. He had one bad analogy. I thought he handled it pretty well. Like I said, mm-hmm. this is a balancing act. You know, the coaches, just to set up the scene, so in Arizona, NFL owners' meetings, um, yeah, the AFC coaches yesterday, and the big news was Lamar Jackson, obviously, and he had told them back in early September he wanted to be traded, and the news tumbled out as John Harbaugh was sitting down. Well, so you have all the NFC coaches, and there wasn't a large contingent, let's be honest, around Todd Bowles. And for good reason. Uh, the expectations are lower, right? They don't have the first pick in the draft like Carolina. They don't, you know, have Derek Carr like like New Orleans. Like there's different teams. Uh, San Francisco that has, you know, gotten so close to many years in a row. Bulls didn't have a big contingent of people around them. But in waves, they would come. The one analogy I didn't like, and we'll get to what he said, was they asked him if um, – you know, if there's kind of, and I'm paraphrasing the question because I'm not real sure exactly how it was phrased, but it was basically, you know, is, is there a lack of energy um, on your team? You know, with the, kind of a, you know, you lose somebody like Tom Brady, so then obviously, you know, the excitement, the vibe, so to speak, is, is kind of gone. And he says that, no, I feel very energized because it's the unknown. And we do have good players on our team. So I look forward to those guys stepping up and making a difference. Anytime you have a guy being Brady of that magnitude, you'd think it's a down thing, but it's really not. Mm. He goes, I'm a big basketball guy. And when LeBron went down, I assume he's talking about this season, just this past you know mm-hmm. couple of days, he said the Lakers stepped up. You kind of got to look at him in the icon category like that. If you got the right people on your team – you're going to have to win games without your stars, and that's how I look at it. I, LeBron, it's one season. LeBron is not mm-hmm. not Tom Brady, but what his message is: everybody else has to has to pull a little harder. That message was um, for his team. Yes, that wasn't definitely. for the reporter. It wasn't for the fans. That was for his team. It's also a bad question. I mean, well, I like how you're. How's the vibe, the energy? You haven't even had a team meeting yet. Well, I guess the point was it was it was hypothetical, but it was like it's going to be different, right? It was sort of like kind of buying into the theory that like it's been. And we know what it's been here for three years. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all you know this is a great exhale right now for everybody. You know, Mm -hmm. for, for those of us who have done podcasts, for those of us who cover the team, for the fans that buy the tickets, like it's it's been. Complete, you know, no slowdown to the Super Bowl or bust every single minute of every single day for three years now. Retirement, unretirement, so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're in the off season, and they've done some things. And and you know, he 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 said the right thing. He just said, you know, you don't you lose the greatest of all time. You lose a player who's won seven Super Bowls. Lose a player that brings such magnitude. And what he meant was attention to your organization. It doesn't mean you're a bad organization. Mm-hmm. You have other great players. Mm-hmm. And this is the part that did kind of make sense. He said, you know, great players don't win the Super Bowl by themselves. Mm-hmm. You lose the aura. He deserves every – and then he, then he threw his flowers at him. He deserves every accolade he gets. And this has always been the line that the Bucks walk, right? Like, I'm not saying anything bad about Tom. He should go to the Hall of Fame by himself, <laughs> which I've never heard, but it'd be funny. We suspended all the classes. Tom Brady's going in a class of one. Um, but you don't lose the team you have. You change it. It's different because you don't have Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. But no one else has Tom Brady either. 
So you bring in the necessary pieces and you still help to help you compete and you make sure your team is playing good ball and you go that route. And I look forward to the excitement in that the guys we have to prove that they can still play away from Tom coming into the season. Okay. Go with that. Because <laughs> some yeah. of them had a lot of time playing with Tom a year ago. Well, but it's also uh, himself proving himself away from Tom. Well, and that's that goes to the next thing is that he's got to get better. And and this is part of the messaging that he's trying to, to set the tone in the offseason with that, you know, no one's rolling up the white flag here. We're not rebuilding. We're not we're reloading, right? Or we're re recharging, as they would say, or whatever. Um, and, and he is. When he talks, he's talking to his team. I mean, every soundbite we get from top bulls from now on, and it should be that way with head coaches for the most part, is they're, they're setting the tone, they're sending the message. And, you know, the point is that they had good football players before Tom got here. They had well, good football players. That's the reason Tom came left. here. Yeah, there were guys now, like those Mike guys, Evans, and there were some guys of those guys like are gone Davis. though. Like sure. Donovan Smith is gone. Sure, Molly Marpet is gone. Ryan Jensen spent a year on the IR essentially. Um, you know, Mike Evans is three years older. Chris Godwin is three years in an ACL and an MCL missing mm-hmm. older. Um, Leonard Fournette is gone. Like, there's a lot of dudes, you know that that uh, that had that boat parade and. That ship has sailed, so to speak. Like sure. they ain't some, doing that again. Some of those young guys are getting better. Tristan Wirfs, Antoine Winfield yeah. Jr. Some are entering their prime. Yeah. Levante David, mm-hmm. right? Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean. I mean, you've got guys. Vita Vea. Sure, you've got those guys that are, young players. are better mm-hmm. than when when Tom got here, or weren't even here yet. As in, yeah. Wirfs was drafted after that, etc. Right. No, I. I mean, I understand, and I think he's right and, 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 and sort of wrong at the same time. I mean, you can't change what Tom's going to do, and, and quite frankly, I don't know. I don't think Tom played very well last year for his standards. Now, you look mm-hmm. at the numbers and you go, this is stupid. A guy's 45 years old. Who does this, right? Mm-hmm. Still still something that's heretofore never going to happen again in, our, in my lifetime, certainly. Um, but it it wasn't his best year and and i think he needed more guys around him than he has needed in the past where he seemed to elevate other people this time he needed some guys to help elevate him and they couldn't do it um but the goals haven't changed um he made that very clear and he has you know there there are some players that they're going to need more from and you know that that was another big part of it is that um they also aren't done trying to get some of their own guys back um, that's another message we can get into, but it's uh, it was an interesting I don't know forty five minutes or so of him uh, at the coaches NFC coaches breakfast, sort of saying we're not surrendering, we're still the champs. A lot of guys here have won titles. We still have good players, and you know what? We just got to find a new way to do it now. Make no mistake, Baker Mayfield, as we said before, is going to be such a big part of that. And he has a history with Baker Mayfield um, in as much as he went down to Oklahoma before that draft uh, when he was a head coach in the New York Jets. And he liked Baker then, and he likes him now. And I, it's this is not 
you know, we said like a year ago before Tom decided to come back that Mayfield was high on his list or high on the Bucks list even before, really before Bulls got the job. I was talking to Bruce Arians about it. And, you know, him and Clyde and them had done about nine quarterbacks that might be available both in the draft that, that you know, or and or free agency. And Mayfield ranked pretty high. They, they wouldn't go in on Deshaun Watson because not that the coaches wouldn't take him, but the ownership said absolutely not. Um, there were some others that they did work on. And Mayfield was near at the top of that list. So he could have been here a year ago. He Instead of going to Carolina, um, he could have been in Tampa had Tom stayed away. So this is a guy that when he went down to Oklahoma, um, really, really liked what he saw, you know, um, says he's, you know, he's an absolute winner, um, is the guy that people will follow. He has uh, natural leadership. You know, he says, look, it, it gives us competition and it gives us another warrior, he called him. It gives us a guy who's gone to the playoffs before. At least you have a proven guy and someone who can compete with Kyle that will make us make sure we haven't taken dips too low. Because, you know, if you go all in with Kyle Trask and he just doesn't get his head above the water, there's no there's no one that can bail you out. Um, he says, I think when you lose the greatest quarterback of all time, everybody just assumes you're going to be bad. At least that's the narrative. But it takes a team to win the Super Bowl and also takes a team to play ball games. And Tom is great. And by all his accolades, he gets everything he deserves. But, you know, you got to bring in guys that can challenge you to win and you just have to kind of prepare differently as to what you're trying to do as opposed to just say, Tom brought a presence with him, and you kind of saw it, and everybody else has to earn their stripes now, and we're good with that. Um, you know, so it's it's different. The fanfare, the attention, he says, you know, there's not going to be reporters running to Tampa by the billions. There'll still be people there. Um, guys have to understand that as well, you know, and he hasn't talked to Trask about Baker Mayfield. He talked to him before they got him. Um but he said that, you know, he, he's not he, – he wants to see how Kyle Trask responds to this. He's watched Trask work by himself for a long time. He thinks he's got a, a rare mentality, um, you know, and, and he, he thinks it's going to be a, a good battle. And whoever wins the job is going to give them a, a good chance to win. So, yeah, very upbeat, as you would expect, on on message for sure. Like I said, wave after wave of people trying to challenge him about, oh, boy, kind of a big fall there from, you know, three years of Brady, huh? And he'd be human not to not to feel that, but it's also not his job. And, and frankly, he's fighting for his job. You know, he has to set that tone of positivity and, you know, why not us? And he thinks they're getting Baker at the right time. You know, Baker has a lot to prove, and – and the fact is, he has won. He won at the college level at Texas Tech when he got in there and, you know, won the job as a redshirt freshman. He won at Oklahoma big. You know, he won the Heisman. Um, he won in Cleveland and got them to a playoffs and won a playoff game. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of good things that we've discussed with Baker. But, yeah, Todd Bowles, I mean, pretty good performance um, to be on message, you know. And, and he – look – Todd Bowles, forgetting what Brady did or didn't do, right? Let's just be honest. I don't think Tom Brady was pleased with what Todd Bowles did last year. There's no way he would have been, right? Mm-hmm. Because the narrative was that that 
Brady would have preferred Bulls over Arians. Well, they won eight games. Now, you you can you know a lot of that's on Brady and all the off field drama and missing ten days of camp and you know all, a lot of stuff happened on his own side, right? That he has to take responsibility for. Uh, and I absolutely think it affected his performance at mm-hmm. some level. Mm-hmm. However, Bulls, whatever limitations he you know by getting the team March thirtieth and all that stuff and inheriting the staff, whatever. Okay. He this was this was not a good performance for a guy that essentially was, you know, bequeathed the head coaching job. You know? Okay, so yeah, you won a division, you did it with eight wins, you did it with the greatest quarterback of all time making five fourth quarter or overtime comebacks to win it to get you there. And then you got blown out. Absolutely blown out by Dallas. Defense couldn't stop him. Offense couldn't get out of its own way. And that's the last scene we have of Tom Brady in his career, presumably. So that's on Bulls. So he's, regardless of what Tom retired, unretired, Bulls has a lot to answer for why it went wrong a year ago. He does. and But it's also a clean slate for him. Absolutely. I mean, you know, he went into this offseason – and presumably he he and Jason Light presented a plan to the Glazers of this is what we're going to do this year. And we know part of this is they were $55 million or $57 million over the salary cap. Yep. They've got 30, he talked about $35 million of dead cap money with Tom Brady. Yep. Some of the other money they were over, they were able to negotiate deals and kick some of that in the future. But Tom Brady's, you couldn't. Right. So $35 million in the hole to start, essentially. You know, you know you don't. You're not able to go out and get a quarterback like Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Aaron right. Rodgers, because you can't afford it right now with $35 million mm-hmm. in dead cap money hitting. So, obviously, the Glazers bought into the plan. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that Todd Bowles didn't go in there saying, we're going to win a Super Bowl this year. That mean, no. You know, I mean, that's the goal. But that's all. I don't think he would have conceded that, but I think he would yeah. have said, look, we have every chance to win this division mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. Um, and if we get to the postseason, you, you take your chances. We have to be better. And I know what he's saying because he said it to us. He said it to his team. We got to be better as a team. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, th- this it is the ultimate team sport. That's absolutely true. Uh, you can take the greatest quarterback on earth, and if he's got 10 other guys around him that can't play, he can't play, mm-hmm. period. And, and Trent Dilfer taught me this is, and Trent's a lot of things, right? But he's right about this. The quarterback is the most dependent, not independent, the most dependent player on the field, mm-hmm. right? He can't even get the center snap if if the center screws it up, right? He can't take a drop if some guy misses a block. Um, if he throws the football, the guy has to have run the right route. If the football gets to the guy, he has to make the catch. There's, there's really, while he has control of the game and control of the football on every play, everybody else on that team, on that field, has to do their job for that quarterback to do anything right. You know, it's just the way it is. That's why you see, when you see these kids come out of college and they're drafted number one, they go to the worst team in the league. Why do they struggle? Because they're on the worst team in the league <laughs> in addition to their own experience. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't good around Tom Brady a year ago. It wasn't. Now, will it be better around Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask? Well, Tom Brady at least had a cheat sheet. At least he knew he was looking at it. At least he knew the offense. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he knew the defense in particular. He knew how to adjust. He knew what they were doing. He was he wasn't impatient. He didn't force things. He got the ball out of his hands. He, you know, they only gave up twenty something sacks, not because they had a good offensive line. Hell, they had the worst offensive line I've seen them in a long time. But he wasn't going to stand back there and get hit, so he dumped the ball, right? So, you know, consequently, the sack numbers were down, but the production was also down. Um, that may not be what Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield can can navigate. They may need a lot more than Tom Brady needed. I would think a hell of a lot more for them to be successful. Now, by the same token, you know, Mayfield can move a little bit. The scheme is a little different. Um, maybe you can get Rashad White going. And, and, and Bowles talked about him and how, you know, they're going to expect an awful lot out of him, including not putting the ball on the ground. You know, he's he's met with him. And, and and as as told him, like, you know, you got to be the dude. Like, you know, we don't have Leonard Fournette. You know, maybe they draft a running back. I don't know what they're going to do in the room. But, you know, they're, they're banking on Rashad White to be RB1. Um, and there's other young players, too. And this is the process, to your point, as guys move on and drop off and, and their play drops off, guys like Logan Hall have to step up. Joe Tryon-Shawinka has to have a better year. Um, you know, there's there's any number of guys that you're counting on Zion McCallum you know who pulled his hamstring at Tennessee in the third preseason game practice and got off to such a slow start freakish athlete absolutely can do anything size speed he's a smart guy a great kid works hard but he couldn't stay healthy, so he got behind the eight ball. And you can't get there as a rookie when you start off behind everybody and now the season starts. And when he finally did get on the on, on the field, he missed all those reps and all those preseason stuff. You know, his head was spinning, and he got beaten mentally. But he has everything else. So like, can he take a big step, you know? Um, and they're not done as far as getting some guys back, even though they don't have a ton of money. You know, he, he talked about, you know, maybe in one, maybe even getting Akeem Hicks back, which was a surprise to me. Didn't know they wanted him. It would have to be a pretty modest deal. You know, um, Will Golston's not completely out of the picture yet, and there are others that they're still talking to um, that that they would maybe like to get back. But you know, we we see this is basically the team. Plus, they have a draft. Plus, there'll be a secondary free agency. Um, you know, June first or after June first. When that those that money can count on future salary caps and whatnot, so they don't know. He goes, look us up in September. Then we'll have a better idea what kind of team we are as far as personnel goes. But you know, he's comfortable where they're at. Not that he has a choice. You know, it's just that look, Tom Brady took so much oxygen out of the balloon, so much air out of the balloon here that they got to pump it up somehow, right? And this was probably his first extended attempt to do so. Um, and like I said, it, it's it's kind of, on the one hand, it's a hard sell, but on the other hand, yeah, you know, maybe they can thread this needle. I mean, it's not going to be easy, but a lot's riding on, on this for Todd Bowles because if they can't, if it's, an, if it's a complete abject failure, Baker Mayfield or Trask can't win games, if they can't protect them, if they can't stop anybody, and New Orleans or Carolina, somebody runs away with the division. I don't think we're gonna have Todd back for a third year. I mean that that's really and that's the world that the coaches live in, right? No matter where you're from. But um, I think that's kind of where they're at with him. 
All right, we got some mailback questions for you guys here in just a minute. But first, I want to remind you how to save money on your electric bill. It's called May Electric Solar. What's taking you so long? These folks have been in business for 13 years. There's a lot of these companies, but I'm telling you, you need to try May Electric Solar. They're different because they're committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection. That's for all your appliances. That is what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing, and you can see exactly what they're going to install to fit your particular needs. Um, Also, when they do the work, they don't use subcontractors, and that's important. Those are all Billy Mays guys working for you. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Schedule free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, we got some mailbag questionings coming in here today. Let's uh, get started. Yeah, just a couple of them here. Rooting for UF asks, it's my understanding that zone blocking requires certain attributes of the offensive lineman. Do you see the Bucks O-line fitting the mold? Yeah, well, there's, I mean, there's different kinds of zone blocking, like kind of a wide zone. Um, what you're looking to get is is movement. And, and I think for the most part, you know, the Bucks have done a decent job of getting guys that can run. Um, you know, Ryan Jensen for as old as he is, uh, still has pretty good feet. Um, Robert Hainsey has good mobility, uh, I think. Luke Gedeke, while you know he's a little stiff uh, and and not you know quick in terms of like you know quick movement inside from a guard standpoint, um, he's a good athlete. And if you get him out on the edge and he has to set it, he can do that. So what you're trying to do is you know, trying to create movement where either the running back, you know, can put his foot in the ground and, and, and you know, pick a gap to, to crease or whatnot. Or, more importantly, when you run those wide zones all day, now when you have a Baker Mayfield or even a Kyle Trask, but particularly Baker who's good at this, you know, you can bootleg out of that. You can run the RPOs out of that. It freezes the linebackers. You're just trying to slow the defense down, right, give them something to think about. And then on the backside, instead of those edge rushers getting way upfield and trying to crush your quarterback on every passing play, now they got to kind of slow down just a bit because if you get up too far upfield, you got them, right? You're going to run underneath them. Um, and and so I think you're going to see, you know, an offense that's got – it's not going to be as, as staid as it's been the last few years. Obviously, Brady is – everybody knows where Brady is going to be for the last 23 years. Um and you could you know you could plant a tree behind him there, and it's not going to change. Um, but he was so effective at knowing how to get rid of the ball and getting it out quick and being getting it out accurately and 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 knowing where his you know where his um, hots were and you know he, there's just nothing he had never seen. And like I said, he was a human cheat code. So so for him, it didn't matter. Made it tough on the offensive line sometimes. And I've always said this. Give me a mobile quarterback, and I'll show you a guy that leads the league in sacks. That's usually how it goes. Everybody goes, oh, yeah, but remember years and years, Michael Vick. Oh, man, Michael Vick, so hard to contain. Who, how you can stop a Michael Vick? He just scrambles out of there. Led the league in sacks, I swear to you, the, the years that he was in Atlanta, more often than not, and the Bucks had his number because they were fast. They could run. Um, but guys that extend plays make it very hard on their offensive line sometimes. So I'm not talking about – 
you know, running quarterback. And I don't think that's what Baker is, but Baker um, is really good at rhythm throws out of the pocket, right? Where you just come out of the pocket, whether it's short, intermediate, or deep. He's really good at, you know, change platform and on the move and then throwing the ball accurately. So you also create windows that way, you know, for the quarterback and especially guys like Baker's like six six one, um, so that they can see down the field. So I I don't know. I, I think you can never put the you know, the the brown peg in a square hole or square peg in a round hole or whatever they say. Um I don't think that's the case with this offensive line. I think they have you know, Don, would Donovan Smith thrive in this? In this one, might be one reason why Donovan's not there, right? His feet got horrible. Um, I don't know that he could, and so you know they need to draft an offensive lineman. Tristan Wirfs can play in any system, right? Tristan Wirfs can play as long as it's in the solar system. He can play in it. Um, so, you know, I think that's not a concern. He's one of the more athletic tackles, right or left, that you'll find in football. So, I, I think they're going to match up what they want to do with the personnel they have pretty well. And that would not be my concern. I just think they need to add to it, you know, cause Jensen's not going to play forever. Um, you know, you're going to need not just another tackle, but probably another interior guard somewhere. Um, even if Hainsey eventually plays center again, but he's going to be in the guard mix. So now I'm comfortable with, with what they want to do and, and the personnel they have. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, Michael tweeted us, and it's a baseball question. He says, after two years, how would you grade the Blake Snell trade so far? And to refresh everyone's memory, they traded Blake Snell to the Padres and got back Luis Patino, Francisco Mejia, also minor league catcher Blake Hunt, and a minor league pitcher Cole Wilcox. Well, I, I guess some of that will depend on, on whether those minor leaguers become major leaguers and what their careers are going to be. I, I don't know that those are top prospects by any stretch in the Rays organization. Um, look, on the surface, um, I wouldn't say the, that the Rays won that one, you know. Mm-hmm. Luis Patino has, frankly, been a disappointment. He got sent down again. They kept Josh Fleming over him. Kind of got lit up in his last outing. Mm-hmm. So not not been the uh, – I think he would have been a key, you know. But let's cut to the chase here, like – it wasn't that they disliked Blake Snell. They couldn't afford Blake Snell. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it came down to. This was an economic thing. It wasn't like, hey, we can get a package of players that are as good as Blake Snell. You know, not every trade is the Chris Archer deal, <laughs> okay? Um, you don't fleece every organization. Now, you know, Snell has actually pitched pretty well. I mean, he, 379 ERA is is what you pay attention to. Yeah, 15 and 16 on on the record. That's not all on him obviously. Um but he's 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 pitched enough innings, you know, for for them that I I wouldn't say he's been a bust by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think you'd say that about 
about his his you know no, career with but the I, but I also don't think he is performing as well up. as you'd hope for. I mean, his no. ERA in the American League East in Tampa was a three two four in his five years. Yeah, so he's he's a half a run more out in in the grand. He's facing the Dodgers a lot, but the rest of the NL West. I mean, when you're facing the Diamondbacks and and the yeah, Rockies, you can dominate a lot some and, of those teams. Yeah. yeah, although the ball carries in Colorado, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I I get it. I mean, the Padres Stadium is supposed to be a pretty good stadium to pitch in, actually. Mm-hmm. For for so I don't. I don't know. If there's a clear winner. It seems to me like that's kind of a kind of a draw. Only that, I mean, at least the Padres have gotten more out of out of Snell. Mm-hmm. Now, well, a lot of this. Mejia is depend- yeah. a backup catcher, right? Mm-hmm. Better than expected hitter. Um, had been limited, I thought, as a receiver. I still don't think he can catch. His arm's a little stronger than I thought it was. Um, smallish guy. I mean, I walked up next to. I'm walked. I'm telling you. Is in a raised clubhouse, and this guy walks by me, and I'm looking down at the top of his head, and I go, "Holy cat, that's the catcher!" It's <laughs> like, "Wait a minute, dude, that's that's the catcher. That's that's Mejia." Um, not what you expect, not out of central casting. So, yeah, I, no no one's you know puffing their chest about that deal on mm-hmm. either side. I mean, right? yeah, Patino has not lived up to what you'd hoped, but he's still only 23 years old. He has time, yeah. You know, yeah. Blake Hunt and Cole Wilcox. Cole, I think, is in single A right yeah, now as a young guy. Are, right? He's 22, 23. Blake right. Hunt's in uh, Montgomery or was last year as far as Double catching. A. You know, so, look, as a lot of these trades, you're not going to – so if you're trying to decide who's a winner and a loser, it's going to take years in most cases, particularly yeah. when you're dealing with prospects. Right. You know, but how does Blake Snell do for the Padres? You know, if if, if the Padres go and win the World Series this year and he's a big part of it, yeah, and the Padres are happy with the trade, no questions. Yeah, he's still there. He's mm-hmm. still productive. He's still mm-hmm. in the rotation. He's still getting people out. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know, no. I, so far I don't. I don't know if there's a winner or a loser. Um, I, I, I think the the jury's still out on both sides of it. To be honest, I guess. I guess you can you can talk me into a draw. I would say initially that the Rays didn't win it, but mm-hmm. you know. No, but, uh, but there's still time to evaluate. I mean, much like. But here's did. what the Rays did do: they saved themselves a lot of money, and mm-hmm. is, and so you can look at it in terms of player for player, right? They got this package of players for Blake Snell, or you could say this package of players for Blake Snell plus the money they saved that then bought them or helped them retain this guy, this guy, and this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that's think all, you got to look part at the bigger picture. Yeah. I mean, you know, like the David Price trade. He went to Boston, did well, and then you know, or Detroit, and then went to Boston after that. But Willie Domas took years to come up. Mm-hmm. And it was a really mm-hmm. good shortstop, and then they traded him to get guys like Drew Rasmussen. You got some pretty good players for you Willie Domas, yeah. In that, I mean, and granted, Willie Domas was only traded because Wander Franco was sitting behind him. That's right. Otherwise, Willie would probably done still great, be here. Great in Milwaukee, I mean, he's been fantastic. But I mean, he got players like Drew Rasmussen, who's yeah. now you know your what third starter, number three, maybe yeah. four once Glass now comes back. Right. You got Eflin in the top three now. But yeah, I mean, you know, so these trades, before you can truly evaluate them, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, we don't have the full story. But it, yeah, if you're asking me now, I'll, I'll, I would settle, I would say draw, I guess. I, I tend to think that the Rays didn't win it, but mm-hmm. it's still it's still a little too early, I suppose, with Patino's age. We'll end on this one, and David had uh, tweeted this over the weekend, actually. He says, Is everyone up in arms because Conference USA's FAU made the Final Four? Or is it amazing? Why do we discourage it in NCAA football? Why do we discourage the playoff system? Well, we don't want the small schools in the playoff. And 
Oh right. We don't Blue we don't think the, the the non power five should be in and but in March Madness we love it. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to compare football and baseball, but I, I always thought that the one thing that, that basketball got right – or basketball, I say baseball, yeah. basketball. I always thought the one thing that basketball got right by the expanded tournament um, was that if you gave them enough chances, right, if you stuck to the – and they're a 64-team field. You're not going to do that in football necessarily, but, you know, football, what was it, four? Mm-hmm. Um, if you If you expand it, there's going to be a time, you know, there was a time when Gonzaga was not a destination school for a basketball program, for a team. You know, Butler, maybe not a destination. And then all of a sudden, those guys kept showing up in the Final Four or in the, you know, Sweet 16. And now suddenly, those programs are relevant if you're a recruit, you know. And I think that's what, I think that's what the expansion does is that it brings attention you know, it's like, hey, I, I don't have to play for Alabama to get to a national championship, right? Or I don't have to, or if you're in basketball, I don't have to play Duke or North Carolina to play in the NCAA and go deep and maybe get to a Final Four. That's the beauty of of inclusion, you know? Now, is it always going to happen? Maybe not. And I think in football, probably be even fewer times, you know? Um, because you just, there's a reason they call them five stars next to their name when they're recruited. Um, but the more those teams have that chance, the more somebody's going to break through and then, you know, they become a destination school, even though they're not in the SEC or the Big Ten um, or the Big 12 or whatever. So there is – well, you can't compare them because it's only five guys on the court and there's 11 guys on the football field and, you know, 100 rost- on the roster versus 12. Um, different sports indeed, but – I still think I think the expansion is good from the standpoint that it does show what's possible. Usually what happens is, even in the NCAA tournament, this is so unique even to them, right? And basketball now has a much different problem. This is how they're all so different. How many, it's not even legal, how many guys come out of high school, play their freshman, true freshman season in college football, and then go to the NFL? Well, you can't, mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now college basketball is kind of on its ear because if I'm the greatest player in the country and I want to go to Duke or North Carolina, as great as Mike Krzyzewski is, and he's retired now, um, and maybe these guys saw this train coming down the track, it's like, so, you know, John Calipari at Kentucky, I got to take this 19-year-old and I got him for one year and I got to go try to win a national championship with a bunch of 19-year-olds, right? Not easy to do. I mean, these teams like San Diego State, um, to some extent, if you'd be like, San Diego State, those guys, those players have been together for a little while. And now now with the transfer portal and not having to wait, and, blah, 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 and the NIL deals, you know, you, you can have – I mean, did everybody think they'd make the Final Four? No. Um, like I said, Cinderella usually goes home before midnight, but in this case, there's a bunch of them still dancing. And – I, I don't know that you'll see that in football, but I do think by expanding it, it gives these players an opportunity to do the same thing at Alabama at another at another school. You know, maybe they don't have to go to Georgia or Alabama. Maybe they stay in the state of Florida. Maybe they can go to USF one day. You know, I don't know. But there is some hope there. And, again, different sports, totally. But I do, I do like... You know, 
It's funny. Everybody says they love Cinderella, and then when they get to the Final Four, they're squawking because there's no Blue Bloods there. I don't care because I'm not a college basketball geek, right? I, I've seen enough Duke and North Carolina games. That's fine. But I think it's good. I mean, I, I, think, it's, I think it's great, actually, you know, to mm-hmm. see these guys. I mean, FAU, my son almost went there. Like, that's the coolest little campus in Boca Raton. Like, this, <laughs> it's the weird one of the richest communities in South Florida and just a couple miles from the beach. And, you know, um, it's, it's a hell of a story and, but these guys earned it. I mean, it's not like, you know, they had to go out there and, and, and they got, you know, some other guys did the heavy lifting for them too and knocked out, you know, the Iowa's and, um, and, and some of the top seeded teams and whatnot, but um, the Virginia's, but still, this is to me, and they say it's going to be poorly rated from a TV standpoint. I like this Final Four. I, I've and it, maybe it's because I was sick and I had to watch all the semifinal games, but like these are these are fun teams to watch. All right, well, what should be a national holiday starts tomorrow, and we've got a special treat for you on what should be a national holiday. It's opening day in Major League Baseball, particularly here in Tampa Bay, where the Rays host the Detroit Tigers, and we have the one, the only. In their 25th anniversary season, a guy that has been there for every pitch, Mark Tompkin of the Tampa Bay Times, is going to get you ready. Get you ready. 162-0. Here they go. For Tampa Bay Rays baseball, that's tomorrow on the podcast. Thanks for listening. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 